Welcome to Kaufman and Crin with your host, Todd Kaufman. And Neil Crin. The Yankees win! On the Sutton Fields Radio Network. Oh, yes. We have teased. We have told you that it was coming. And it's here. Kaufman and Crane is on the air from the Sutton Fields Radio Network. We are excited to get this going. I, You know, I enjoy doing podcasts just as much as the other person, but I just don't have the time to do it. And I think that was the issue. And I got to thinking, do I really want to continue to do this by myself? Because I, I've got a buddy of mine actually in San Diego, uh, where I'm originally from. I don't know if many people know that, that I, I used to live in San Diego, but I don't know how you don't because I wear a San Diego Padres hat all the time. Um, but I just, I, I think you can go farther doing it with someone else. And if you're bouncing off someone else, I think that is the best thing. So with that in mind, what I wanted to do was bring in somebody to do a radio show with who I have extremely good conversations with. And I thought, why not bring those conversations to the air? Why not bring those conversations to a podcast and basically tee up a golf ball and let this guy go because I can basically sit here for 30 minutes, let this guy go, and it's a good radio show. I can just sit back and let it just let itself go, like wind up a toy and just kind of let it go. But uh, before I do that, again, this is Kaufman and Crid. Welcome to the new Kaufman and Crid podcast from the Sutton Fields Radio Network. Todd Kaufman along, alongside good friend, neighborhood friend, neighbor, I guess you might call him. Neil Crin is here. He's in the building. Neil. That's right. And, you know, you said you want to bounce some stuff off of me. It's, uh, you know, these days there's a lot to bounce off of. Yeah. You know. We tried to bounce you off cars earlier today, uh, but that they, didn't work so well. <laughs> you did. I'm surprised they didn't run me over because they drive like maniacs here. In Boy, let me tell you. We can, we can get into that conversation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But what I what we wanted to do is kind of do a little intro to the show, uh, who we are, what we'll be talking about, how often we'll be doing these podcasts. And I was, Neil, I think I was incredibly surprised when I posted the second post to say, we've teased the show. We're going to be bringing it here Friday night the kind of response we got. I mean, I was shocked that the kind of, and I, I should have known that you were that kind of celebrity. I, I don't know how you didn't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm a very popular guy. People love me. Jeez. They love, they want to hear, know what I have to say. It's not, been, it's been a very long time since some of these people have heard me. <laughs> um, not humble at all. Say my stuff. Not no, even a little humility bit. Humility is not a character trait. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, that, so we both live in Sutton Fields. We're both from opposite ends of the coast. I'm from yep. San Diego. Neil is from New York, or yep. I guess New Jersey. Most recently, um, New Jersey. Most recently, I, I Trenton, to, right? I guess I have to admit that. Um, yeah, but just a little north of Trenton, in, uh, by, around Princeton University. We lived in a town called uh, Hopewell Township. So I think, and I, I don't, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to jump into quickly, but... Um, We'll be talking about everything under the sun, from not necessarily politics, but what bothers us about what drives people crazy mm. and why adults become children all of a sudden. Um, and one thing I do want to bring up is is I do want to be able to give people advertising space on the show, not for profit, at least not for now. This is just something that we're going to do for fun. We're going to talk about different things. We're going to talk about different topics. We're going to talk about what's on our heart. But we want to give some love to people, especially in our neighborhood. Would I... I'd, and I don't think, Neil, that I've ever lived in a neighborhood with people who had more talents and more 
things that they do from from coffee to food to balloons to I'm sporting a, a, a shirt from uh, Brianna, who if you're listening, Brianna, I absolutely love this shirt. Um, well, I didn't know she made shirts. She made that shirt. That not the coffee, Brianna. Oh, different not, Brianna. Not that one. Different Brianna. Yeah. Yes. And I got to give her some love before we move on because I told her that I would. All right. So let me do that quickly and we'll get into the show. Uh, Brianna Rivas did the shirt for me and it says, be kind, be focused on the front. And then on the back it says, be great in capital letters. And then it has a, a scripture, uh, reference scripture at the bottom of the shirt. And it's what um, I've not necessarily taught, but it's what Hannah, my oldest daughter, who's five, says to me when she goes to school every morning. I said, okay, what do we say? And she says, be kind, be focused, be great. And what that means to me for her is the first thing I always want her to remember is to be kind, always. No matter what's going on in her life, to be kind. To, to, it doesn't matter who it is. The second thing to be focused is to be focused on her dreams, be focused on her goals, be focused on her education, be focused on her athletics. Whatever it is that's in front of her, be focused at all times. And I think to put those two things together is to be great. And I think, Neil, you and I had a conversation, and you said something about your daughter that I thought was extremely profound, is they have more opportunities now than we ever had growing up. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, these kids, I mean, there's, there's so much information out there. There's so much uh, that these kids know that we didn't know as kids. You know, these kids have access to... to, ev- to, to Oh boy! That's the yeah. That's somebody our, that's knocks our, on the door. And the that's dog our special guest. Yes, it is. What's his name? Ranger. Our dog Ranger. Yes. Not after the New York Rangers. No. Though. After the Texas no, I'm Rangers. So offended. That's all right. Even say I guess that. I guess I could accept the Texas Rangers better than the New York Rangers because <laughs> you know I don't I don't particularly care for them, but um, yeah, man, kids have so much access. Access. You know, we didn't have access. We didn't have internet. You know, I mean, I I grew up. We you know you yelled out the window and you went, "Hey, Neil, you coming out?" You know, what, what do you, Vinny, hey, Vinny, <laughs> Tony, you know, that was my childhood, <laughs> you know, or, or, or somebody screaming, you know, or like when the street lights came on in the street, that's when you knew to come that's home, what, you were just always outside. Home, yeah. it's, a, it's a totally yep. different upbringing these days. But, you know, the thing is, is, you know, we, I come from, you know, we didn't, my parents didn't make a lot of money. You know, we didn't have a lot. I mean, we had more than we should have, you know, based on what my parents made. But, you know, my kid now, I mean, she's got... You know, we're, we're very lucky to be in the position we're in. And, you know, she has a lot of opportunity there. So it's my job. But, you know, i got to make sure that she's taking advantage of that. To, to that point, and again, we're going to go all over the place. So I had things okay. written down for different segments, but we're going to go with what we go with. And, and this, yeah. is, this is going to be real-life conversations. These are conversations right. that we have as parents. These are conversations we have as, as men or as, as, you know, women have these conversations. But since we're two guys, these are... These are conversations that that we have and things that we think about. To and I apologize in advance if you know for anything I might say. And I'll just throw the little <laughs> disclaimer out there that my you know my views and my thoughts don't necessarily reflect those of Todd Kaufman or this radio network. You know what? And it actually <laughs> that is such a segue. And I knew why you, I knew, I'm listening to this going. I know exactly why you're doing this. Okay, so let's segue into that because this is I think the number one thing, Neil, that has bothered me over the last. I'm not even say I'm not even going to say it was over the last year. It's been bothering me for a while. Mm-hmm. Social media, as great as it can be, mm-hmm. because with social media, it allows you more access to the people that you've never had access to before mm-hmm. in your life. And, and the reason I I say that to, to celebrities, to actors, to singers, to uh, 
you know, whoever, politicians, whoever it might be, yep. you have particular access. When we were kids, it was letters. That's what we had yep. to do. We had to write letters to these people. Yep. We pretty much knew if we got something back, that was the, I mean, that was huge. They actually had to take I never time. never got to, anything back. No, neither did I, but no. I'm just saying. But now <laughs> you get a, a, a 12 character tweet back. We lose our minds. Yeah. yeah. But I think what bothers me so much about social media is the inability. Let me see. Let me see how I want to say this. Social media has given us the ability to forget how to have actual conversations, right? Because when when we were growing up and we were becoming adults and and going through high school or college or or first jobs, whatever the case may be, we were taught how to have face-to-face, eye-to-eye conversations with people. With social media, what we've forgotten is where our heart belongs in those conversations, Right, because in especially in politics, what we're going through now, and for God's sakes, adults, you're losing your ever-loving minds. Because well, it, it, I in, in, and I will talk about this later. I don't give a rat's you know what of who you're voting for. I don't care. I have told you this flat out about what I believe as far as who you're voting for. I can sit here and tell you for sure that I have no clue who Neil is voting for, and I don't care. The reason I say that is I say this to everybody. I've not just said it to you. I've said it to Brad. I've said it to Jesus. I've said I've told guys this that I'm friends with. As long as you love and respect my kids, as long as you love and respect my wife, and they enjoy you being around, I could care less who you vote for. Period. But why is it that we give a crap or judge people based on who they vote for? And the problem is they're using social media to do it where we've forgotten how to conversation because there's one thing missing out of those, and it's context. If I now if I said something to you on social media, you would understand where my heart is because you know me. But if 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 you said something to somebody else that doesn't know you, they would forget context and heart and it would become this back and forth brawl of words right. that never should have gotten there. Well, so man, you said a lot there. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. There's Sorry. a lot to unpack there. Sorry. So, let's start with let's start with the fact that, you know, that the first thing you said where you know, social media is made it so that you know people have lost the art you know the art of conversation right so i i don't know if i agree with that 100 percent because i think social media is a different communication right it's a it's something that maybe you and i you know we weren't indigenous to right so our kids now are indigenous to this they're just all they know is to go on for you know go on tiktok go on well you're not to that point yet where your kids oh uh, i know tiktok please god let us not get to that <sighs> But, you know, it's funny when you just see all these kids holding a phone to their face and they're all making these funny faces and dancing and doing these. Cr- you know, it, it, listen, the communication is there, right? It's just a different kind of communication. Sure. And honestly, I don't understand it all. I don't get it. You know, I, I, I get laughed at a lot and I look at my daughter and I say, I, I have no idea what the heck she's doing or who she's talking to. Um, but, I, you know, is the is the. Is the that the is there something to be said for you know in person face to face conversation and you know going outside and playing, you know rather than sit in front of a computer and playing Minecraft or you know whatever the kids play Fortnite or whatever they do these days. I mean, of course, you know, but I think that what what we're seeing is you know these kids in the younger generation creating their world, right? You know, they're creating a world and a and a language and a communication and a and a culture unto themselves that is so vastly different from what we grew up with. Um, and it's, sometimes it's tough to understand. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily worse or, or better. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess time will tell. You know, when it comes to politics, now, now on the other issue, when it comes to politics and labeling and social media, and, you know, people now have the ability to do something that they couldn't do back, you know, 30 years ago, which is, 
you know, tell somebody to their face how they feel or give an opinion because it's a lot easier to give an opinion or tell somebody, you know, something negative when you're, you know, behind on your phone or on a computer. But there's one thing right? that's missing from that. What? It's an accountability. Well, because you don't have to hold yourself accountable. Of course. You can say, th- you can say whatever you want on social media. Right. There's never going to be a face-to-face conversation. So that gives you the ability to not hold yourself for, to be accountable for that's being right. in a jack wagon. And that's why we've seen this bubbling, at least my opinion, we've seen this bubbling of hatred and this bubbling of you know, just people saying whatever the heck they want to say and do whatever, do whatever the heck they want to do. You know, you're right. When you, look at, when you have to look at somebody in the face, you're not as, you're not as uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stupid. You're not as stupid, but I can't. I don't know, man. Immature. Friday night, I can't think of the word. Yeah. Or you're not as brazen. Okay. There you go. I got it. Yes. (laughs) So you're not. You're not as brazen to say you're a moron. You're a racist. You're this. You're that. Right. You wouldn't necessarily do say that to somebody's face. You know. Uh, But on social media, you do. So, Um, but but let me uh, let me ask it this way. If we're not as brazen on social media as we would be in person, uh, no, I take that back. If we're not as brazen in person as we are in social media, why be brazen? If you don't have the guts, the stones, whatever you want to call it, to do it in person, why do it on social media? Uh, and that goes back to the accountability because right. you don't have to be accountable for saying it. Listen, I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I, I really don't. You know, honestly, I, I don't say anything on social media that I wouldn't tell you in person. You know, if I if I want to call somebody, if I want to say you stupid mother, you know, you're gonna get that from me in person. Yeah. You know, or I'm just not gonna say it at all. I wouldn't say it in person or on social media. You know, I, I, I honestly I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't get it. You know, I'm I honestly I you know social media came when I was already in my 30s. So, you know, I I, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. I think social media can be a great avenue to use if you if you use it correctly. And I'm not. I could sit here and say, well, if you use it for positive positivity and rah rah, and I'm not going to do that. But it, it some people do use it for that, and it's great. And I there's one guy that I listen to every single day going to work. I, I start my morning with the, the devotionals that I have in the in the Bible because that's where my belief is, and then I go. You know, I have a little bit of worship music that I play in the car for a certain amount of time. And then it's a guy by the name of Eric Thomas that I listen to from the time, mm-hmm. you know, that worship music ends until I get to work. And that's my routine because that it, that's what gets me fired up. And that's really the guy that I've, I've learned from. And he uses social media in such a way that he changes lives. Right. So social media can be used for good. There's no doubt well, about well, of course, it. Listen, social media, there's a ton of good. I mean, there are probably people that are going to listen to this podcast that are on my Facebook that I would have no connection with if it wasn't for uh, social media. Sure. You know, like people who I grew up with, you know, that I've reconnected with or that can see what I'm doing with my life and I can see what they I can see their kids. Yeah. You know, that I would have never been able to see yeah. if we didn't have Facebook or Instagram or whatever, not a snap snap and chat. <laughs> I don't know what that's called. You know, I'm sure I'm going to get crap for that and snap and chat. I I but, grew up with old school grandparents. Now I was a, yeah. a product of a single mom and okay. we lived with my mom's parents until I was 18 years mm-hmm. old and then moved from the Central Valley of California, which is Fresno, and then back to San Diego. And I was raised with that old school mentality, the open the door for mm-hmm. what growing up as a teenager, what drove me crazy about my grandmother was when we would go somewhere and she, you know, my grandfather would get out of the car, she would sit in the passenger seat and not move. And I always be in the back seat going, what are you doing? Why are you just sit? And I realized 
and it took me away. I thought it was stupid when I was 14, 15 years old. And you do because you're a teenager. You don't understand yeah. where the, the mentality. But she was waiting for my grandfather to open the door. Now, it was the same <laughs> thing when we went to a restaurant. She would literally walk in front of my grandfather, stop at the door of the restaurant, and wait wow. for my grandfather to open the door. And I always went, why are you doing that? <laughs> but it was my grandfather had, had literally set that expectation where he was raised to be a gentleman, to, right. to open the door for a lady, to pull the chair. And he did everything. So I look back on it now, and I go, the things that I learned from him, how to be a man, how to be a gentleman, how to do certain things, how to treat. And I, I just look at that, and, and I think this is where my social media accountability comes from. Mm-hmm. Because so often we look at this and go, well, our kids are doing And it's this isn't pointed towards you. It's It's my question of... Well, our kids are doing this. They're talking to the. They're doing, and it's stupid. And it, but why isn't that our fault? Why isn't it as a parent to? Are we just so hands off these days that we just go, whatever? Well, I mean, listen. So at least in my case, right? I, I just, I mean, honestly, I'm naive. You know, I, I don't know. I'm ignorant. You know, I, I don't know half the things that you could do with social media. You know, and a lot of the things these kids do. I mean. I mean, listen, it's a tough question, right? It's how do you regulate it? So, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about unregulated social media for a long time. My wife and I have these conversations, you know, where, you know, back in the day you'd watch TV and things would be rated R. There would be things that are appropriate for TV. There are language that's appropriate for TV, right? You had the whatever council that, you know, uh, Tipper Gore was the head of, you know, back in the 80s that, you know, D. Snyder went and told her off, right? I don't know if you remember that. I don't. Uh, anyway, but, um, you know, there's no regulation. It's unfiltered. So it's virtually impossible as a parent to stop your child from seeing a lot of stuff that they probably shouldn't see and hearing a lot of stuff that they probably shouldn't hear. You know, so there's, um, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, we, we never filtered our, our daughter, you know, and she saw a lot of stuff and, you know, she she came to her own conclusions and asked questions. And, I, you know, all you can do as a parent is answer the questions and, and ask the questions, right? Like, hey, what are you looking at? What do you, you know, what have you been, what have you been listening to? What are you doing? You know, it's okay to ask those questions, you know, and, and um, you're not always going to get a good answer or a straight answer. But, you know, you just got to keep an eye on it. I, I don't think there's any good way to really regulate it, you know, because it's not regulated. I think being, and I think you and I will agree with this, being a parent is probably one of the hardest jobs Ever. That's harder now than ever. Yeah, it, it is for sure. Yeah. And I think social media is a big part of that because oh, as much as it can be used for good, it can be used for the absolute well, worst. Well, well, think about it. You know, we, we were talking about, um, you know, the kids have so much exposure, right, to things like suicide. Yeah. You know, there's so much on social media about, you know, these kids who have depression and, you know, have legitimate issues. But, you know, when you were 14 years old or 12 years old, you didn't know about you. You know, we were... We were ignorant. You know, we didn't we didn't deal with these issues. No, but it's also when we got bullied, we dealt with it with, with fists. Oh, meet me outside at 3 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it was, but the thing now is social media has been used for what they now call cyberbullying. And I'm sorry, yeah. I, and I'm going to say this point blank, if you're bullying people on social media and you're trying to do it without putting your name to it, you're a coward. That's, that's just the simple way to say it. Oh, and yeah. I'm not sorry for saying it. You are. Right. And, and you know, I guess, I guess for me... You know, I've, it, it's hard to take social media. It's hard to take that stuff seriously because, to me, it's not real. It's not in person, you know. But somebody who's indi- indigenous to it and who's grown up with it, it is real, right? So, 
you know, cyberbullying, I mean, yeah, of course you're a coward. You know, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna be able to back something up in person or to come out fighting, you know, and defend what you say and stand behind what you say, yeah, of course that's a coward. That's cowardice for sure. But I, I think that is probably my biggest in going back to the politics side of it, and maybe aside from politics, I think you and I have, have seen so much on our own neighborhood Facebook page that has just gotten way out of control. And yeah, you make that noise. That's exactly Ugh. how I feel as well. But it's, I, I always go back to, and it was it was such a, a, a dumb thing when I was growing up because you always heard, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And as I grew up and I, I continued to hear this, I realized how stupid that phrase really is. Because if us as adults are going to act like that, Right, and then how would you react if your kid was doing that on on social media? We would be furious. So how are we not going to hold ourselves responsible for acting like that? Man, I, I again, I, I don't know. I, I you know I I don't get all this. Like I read the Facebook and I see sometimes somebody makes a comment, you know, reacts a certain way to a comment or a thread, or just suddenly goes for the jugular right away. Right? I, I just I scratch my head. I don't get it. Why? Like if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Just keep keep scrolling, right? You know, why do you have to start a confrontation? You know, if somebody posts an opinion or posts a topic or something, I mean, we've had stuff on the Facebook page, right? Scroll right yeah, by. But, but we've had stuff on the Facebook page like, my dog got loose. Can somebody help me? Yeah. And then somebody posts, oh, well, I would never leave my door open. How did that happen? Like, who gives a crap how it happened? It happened. Yeah. Are you going to help or not? Yeah. Otherwise, move on. You know, that, that's the kind of, I mean, listen, th- the thing is, th- this is nothing new, right? There's just a new outlet for people to say this stuff, right? Yeah. There was always that lady that, you know, you're walking in the mall and, you know, the kid's got an ice cream cone. And there was always that, well, I said lady, is a lady or guy, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being, you know, that's, there's, that, there's always been that person that would say, you know, your kid's really fat and shouldn't be eating that ice cream cone. There's always that lady. There's a per- I say lady because I guess I'm traumatized as a kid. There was always well, yeah, because there was yeah. always that person. Sorry, yeah. there was always that person that would do that, and that's the Jimmy. same. That's the same person yeah. that goes on Facebook and says, "Why did you leave the door open?" <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there's so many dogs in this neighborhood that poop on the grass. Oh, <laughs> that's another okay. Story. Yeah, yeah, we can get into that one but too. There's, but what I'm saying is, social media is not. You know, it, it's it, it, it's just another outlet, right? That person's always been there. That, that person who's going to do that's always been there. You know, it's just it's becoming amplified now because just you know because you know so it, we're all on social media. You know, I, I just I, and I think my final thought on this, Neil, is this: yeah. as far as who we're voting for. Hmm. And again, I don't care. I was. I, I've got. I, I've got. I've got friends in the, in the neighborhood, and I told yep. somebody else this at a, uh, the Halloween party that we were at last weekend. I said, you know, and I pointed to to one of the people that were there, and I said, they're not voting the same way I am, and I don't care. Of course, look. because because they love they absolutely they love our family, they love our kids, right. and they. They get so excited when these people come over. Right. That's all I care about. Well, the, listen, the great thing about the country we live in, right, is we have the freedom of choice. We have, we have there's a democracy, right? We have the freedom to vote for whoever we want. To, to, we have the freedom to express our, our ideas, to express our uh, beliefs. Um, 
sometimes it's, you know, people get heated. But at the end of the day, we're all human, right? We're all, we're all people. You know, it doesn't matter if you go red, you go blue, you go white, you go purple, whatever it is. You know, at the end of the day, we're all people. We all bleed red, right? Uh, you know, I say the same thing about, you know, the, the, a lot of the racism issues that, that have been going on. I grew up with it in New York City, you know, back from the, you know, the Al Sharpton days. You know, I don't, I don't know if anybody listening is going to remember that. Some people from my Facebook might remember it. Um, but, you know, we grew up with this. And honestly, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can look at another human being and think a certain way. It's We're human beings. Yeah. Right? And we're all loving people with feelings. Um, but the greatest, the great thing about our country is we have a choice. And, um, you know, I, I think you have to be, you know, people who don't respect each other's choices, um, you know, are just, to me, they're just bottom level thinkers, you know, and I'm not afraid to say it. You know, I, I, you, why are you going to shoot somebody down for having an opinion? Yeah, and you it's, and it, and you're, you're right. And it's, you know, we can go on and on about this. Sure. Topic, and it's. You know, my point behind having this particular conversation was I didn't understand where the vitriol was coming from. And granted, there is a... What do you mean? Where the, where the, where the anger is coming from? Where the, it's why there's so much of it based on who we're voting for. Is it just because there's the most polarizing person in probably presidential history? Well, think, well, think about what we've been, what we've been influenced by, the, the media coverage, right? Never, never in the history of this country... Has there been this kind of media coverage in politics? It's almost like a reality show. It's not. It's not even real. Like there's almost no dignity to it anymore. You know, it's just it. It's silly. You know, and we've been we've been egged on. You know, both sides have been egged on by the media, right? And and the media does a lot of good. I don't want to you know totally say you know the media sucks, but you know the the days of non-opinionated media are over. Right, the media gives their opinion. People take that opinion and process it a certain way, and then either get angry or or don't react at all. Yeah. Right. You know, a guy like Walter Cronkite or you know uh, Tom Brokaw from NBC. Those guys never gave an opinion. Yeah. They weren't opinion journalists. They just told you the news. You do with it what you want. These days, you've got you know you got Don Lemon on CNN. You've got Tucker Carlson. You've got all these commentators that are being passed off as news, and they're egging people on and making people crazy. And that's the problem. That's where the anger comes from. There's never been this level of anger because there's never been this type of media. It's a very unique um, thing we're going through for the last four years, last 12 years, honestly. You know, I mean, starting with when President Obama was elected, you know, people went crazy. Yeah, but I think there's been crazy regardless of... Of course, of course. When, you know, regardless of what president... I mean, we saw the same thing with Clinton and Bush and, right. you know, right. Obama and, you know... Uh, well, listen, Donald Trump has brought a non-political aspect into the political forum, right? He's character. You know, those of us who grew up in the Northeast know Donald Trump for what he is. He was in our news an awful lot in the 80s and the 90s. Um, you know, I mean, he was on WrestleMania, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. the guy beat up Vince McMahon, right? <laughs> I mean, I this, guy, this guy's the president of the United States. Yeah. You know, so listen, I, you know, whatever your political views are, you know, I mean, he's he's a very, like you said, he's a polarizing guy. There's there's never been a there's never been a president like this or somebody in politics like this. So it's creating a lot of situations and issues that are very unique. And well, I don't think we we've learned really how to deal with them yet. But, yeah. And I think it's because he's not a true politician. But and, again, uh, well, it's another story. Yeah, right? it, it is. Yeah. On the other side of the break, I'm a true romantic about this. I will continue yeah. to be. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. Again, I'm a romantic. <laughs> Deal with it. That's <laughs> the other side of the break. This is Kaufman and Cran on the Sutton Fields Radio Network. 
Hey, everybody. One of the things I want to talk to you about, and we talked about advertising on the very first segment of the show. If you want to advertise what you do here, that's fine. We're not going to charge you for it. If we well, I might, char- you, I might charge He might charge you for it. Might Neil char- might. He's not cheap, I promise. No. Nope. So he's, he's expensive. You might have to get past him. We want you to come with your, your business. We want to give you some love, especially the small business owners. We want you right here on Kaufman and Crin. And if you sell and if you want to advertise food, I mean, I'd, be, I'd love to, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd love to, if I can sample it, I definitely will give my review. Yeah, we're, all, we're always up for free food. I, I'm Absolutely. A, and, I'm for, and I'm for, you know, you can pay me off. Too. Free candy, I take bribes. free beer. I'll take bribes. <laughs> We're not below Empanada, Empanadas. I saw the person selling <laughs> empanadas. Uh, again, if you want to advertise on Neil and Grin, please, please do it. We would love to have you on our show, especially small businesses. We'd love to give you some love. Yeah. Advertise Neil and Grin podcast right here. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Kaufman and Crin. A very good Friday evening to you wherever you may be. Thanks for joining us, Todd Kaufman, Neil Crin, alongside. I really need to stop the music on. <laughs> what was that? I'll get better at that. Uh, <laughs> that was Freedom Fighter from Creed that just started playing because I forgot that I'm going to need to. What's the guy's name from Creed? <laughs> I don't know. What are the band? Oh, uh, uh, this guy, is the, the music. Played, for those of you who don't know, wait, this played... is a musical Rolodex that's sitting next to me. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's uh, uh, the guy from Creed is in Alter Bridge. Plays in the band Alter Bridge. Okay, I've never heard of that. Uh, the good, good band. Okay. And then what's his face? I can't remember. I can't. I have such a bad memory. So before we go on, that yeah. that reminds me. Yeah. Go ahead and, and uh, give some love to your your show that you do. Do you do it Fridays still or? Uh, well, we were doing it during the during the COVID lockdown. We were doing it on Saturday nights uh, from seven to ten. Just you know, we picked a musical topic and everybody requested. We had a chat going. It was it was awesome. Such a yeah, it was such like, a we, great idea. We came you? up with the. Pl- uh, sorry to cut you off. No. Uh, we we ca- you know some of the playlists that got created you know just from people's requests were, were pretty epic. Yeah. And it was it was great. I li- I got to listen quite a few times. We had music playing in the house while we we're cleaning, or the kids were doing something, or we we're just sitting around. It was it was good, man. That was such a great idea that you came up with. Awesome, I appreciate it. We we might start it up again. You know, we gave it a rest for a little bit, but uh, we might start up again. I was thinking of doing uh, Metal Mondays. Yeah, I was guess that was the next thing I was going to ask because I know you were doing Saturday Saturday. Were you doing Saturday Sunday? No, or just was it Friday, Saturday. No, nah, just Saturday. Just Saturday. And then right. I would come on every now and then when I got bored and just wanted to listen to some music. But it was great. We had a whole bunch of regular people, you know, about 10, 15, 20 people at one point, um, you know, just all hanging out listening to music. Where can they find it? Um, so I'm on I'm on an app called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. Um, all you have to do is download the app, sign up for a free account. It takes like 30 seconds. Yep, it um, does. And then follow me. My name on Mixler is DJ Neil TX. Yeah, so it, if you're doing stuff around the house, you're cleaning, you love the, the music that you grew up with. I, I think it, and it's funny the music that takes us back, and this is this wasn't where I was wanting to go, but I'll, since <laughs> we're talking about music, I still have a playlist um, that says, um, I'm going to have to read it actually verbatim because I know I'm going to get this wrong. Um, Backstreet Boys in sync? I know you, funny. you listen to that. That's funny. That's funny. Spice Girls? No, uh, yeah, as a matter of you're absolutely right. I have a Spice Girls playlist. <laughs> um, <laughs> going hard to the 80s is actually the name. Oh, there you go. So, and I, this is one of the, the bands that I loved growing up with, and it was actually a band that my dad played quite a bit. It was the Dire Straits. 
Money for nothing. I was yeah. The I was a huge free. Dire Straits fan. Um, so I've got that. Paul Simon, Rod Stewart, Steve Perry, Phil Collins, Eagles, Eric Clapton. I'm still a big Eric Clapton fan. So that's some of the music that I still turn on that I still remember my mom playing quite a bit of. She was a big Rod Stewart fan when I was growing up. Nice. Um, but it was fun. I, I think what amazes me so much about my, my genre of music that I've gone throughout my life, from Metallica to Tupac to... Um, uh, big band music from the 1930s, 1920s, 30s, 40s that I still love. Um, one of my favorite memories is watching my grandparents do swing dancing at the San Diego uh, Naval, uh, was it the Navy Yard or Naval? Uh, they did a, a big band night there in downtown San Diego, and that was nice. my most favorite memory seeing them. Um, to the 80s music to now all I listen to anymore is country and worship but it's just amazing but there's still days that I I, I still to this day cannot do rap or Metallica I, I, st- I remember listening to Metallica one day going oh, I, I can't I can't do it anymore <laughs> I just can't well I said that after the Black Album what you, you know? can't do Metallica anymore well yeah once they came out with that Black Album that was like that was it you know I mean Metallica, Metallica had made their name and you know became popular because they were the anti-establishment. There was no MTV. There was no, you know, no publicity. They just went out and kicked ass and well, had a following just organically, you know, just playing their kick-ass music. Well, some people might and say then they, and then they decided might be that too. Well, yeah, maybe. But, you know, then I guess Metallica decided they wanted a paycheck. So, <laughs> you know, they, they came out with that Black Album. Dude, that was... Um, that which black album which was is, you know, else. it is what it is. I just, you know, I... I Oh, well, Enter Sandman was Mariano Rivera's. And it, this which, is a great which, segue. Which, Look at the which makes it a made. legendary song. Yes, it does. Legendary, because, I mean, there is no greater sports interests in the history of uh, all sports than I could uh, fight Mariano you on that Rivera running. I could fight you on that one. What are you going to say, Wild Thing from no. Major League? <laughs> no. Wild Thing. No, actually, the, the, the best one of the best memories I have is, so when I was a kid, I grew up as a San Diego Padres fan, still am, but going to old Jack Murphy Stadium or Qualcomm or whatever the hell they're calling it now, yeah. The teardown stadium, as they're about to do, um, was Hell's Bells Ugh. from ACDC when Trevor Hoffman came in in the ninth inning. Yeah. And what made it even better than that is when they built the stadium in downtown San Diego, and yeah. it's a great segue we're about to make because we're about to, to talk about being romantics with baseball, okay. was being in downtown San Diego when it got revamped, the Gaslamp District, you know, all the, the hotels and high-rises and condos and, and the shops and restaurants. Yeah. But when it would get to the ninth inning, it would – people would get almost dead silent because they knew they were waiting for that big, that bong. And you could hear it in downtown San Diego, and even people outside <laughs> the stadium would go bonkers when that thing would go off. Well, so let me ask you a question. So when Trevor Hoffman would come out to pitch a ninth, does the crowd leave or does the crowd stay? Oh, the crowd stayed. Are you kidding me? All right, so there's a difference between New York, right? Like, we were so used to Mariano Rivera just shutting the door down that we left early for traffic. Yeah. Like, like so Mariano Rivera, like, now, now, uh, you know, when I used to go to the games, we stayed, right? We always stayed to see Mariano pitch yeah. that ninth inning. But half the stadium emptied out. You know, so this guy was pro- is probably is the greatest relief pitcher of all time. And he's pitching in front of 5,000 people every night. Yeah. You know, it, it's always fascinated me. And I, I told you this as we were out um, doing a neighborhood event earlier tonight. One of the, the best memories, and I think this is one of the, the reasons that I'm so romantic about baseball, was – one of my favorite memories to watch, actually watching it in real time, and I've watched the YouTube video over and over and over and over and over again over the years, was Mariano Rivera's very last game. 
and watching Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit come out to get him. And then Mariano just breaking into tears. It was just an incredible, incredible moment that you just can't duplicate. It had the man, and I was it. Uh, I'm uh, blanking on the. Uh, I can see his face. I can think of his name. The manager at the time, uh, Joe Torre. No, oh, no, Torre no. Joe Girardi was a manager. Girardi, yeah. Girardi. So had it been, I think it would have been a very different moment had Girardi just come out and done. Oh, of course, to well, have Jeter and Pettit get him for, made that moment last a lifetime. First of all, let me say Joe Girardi's a class act, right? And they they made a big mistake firing him. Don't ask him about Aaron Boone. <sighs> Please don't ask him about Aaron Boone. <laughs> uh, Todd, Todd doesn't want me to start throwing his <laughs> stuff around the room. Anyway, yeah, uh, listen, Joe Girardi's a class act. It was the right thing to do. This, you know, that that team, that dynasty of the '90s and the 2000s. I mean, even though they won one World Championship, you know, but um, it's it's a once in a lifetime dynasty, right? That group of players for any sports franchise. You know, you have your uh, you know Scotty Pippen and uh, the uh, who am I missing? Why can't I think of Why can't I think of his name? And Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to sit here. The greatest basketball player it, of all time. Yeah. I can't remember. I was going to wait to see how long it took you. Oh my goodness! But yeah, listen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen very often that you get a a, a team like that, right? Like Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada, uh, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, the core four, right? Well, you can talk and about always, you can talk about Magic Kareem. As well. Oh, as my God. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I look at, you know, John Starks and Patrick Ewing yeah. and Charles yep. Oakley, the, those Knicks teams that yep. had it not been for the, you know, the Chicago, uh, you know, the Knicks would have won a whole bunch of championships. Mm-hmm. But that's another story anyway. But, yeah, I mean, that that, that Yankee dynasty is uh, is a once in a lifetime thing. And and, you know, Mariano Rivera throwing his last pitch is was almost the end of it. Right. I mean, it was an emotional moment. And those guys have been through so much. They came up together for the minor leagues. Yeah. You know, won all those championships, all those pressure situations. I mean, the emotion that goes, the hard work that goes into that. I mean, it's I'll be it honest, all culminated in that moment. I'll be honest about that moment. The only thing that I thought would have made that moment better was had there been guys there waiting for him after the fact. Because a lot of the guys that were there waiting for him the dugout, it yeah. was a nice moment that he got. Yeah. But those guys he hadn't played with for very long. So I thought I I I thought it was a great moment, and then it turned into a. Eh. Well, I mean, how do you even set that up? I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Have Bernie Williams and all these guys, you know, Don Manley travel with the team, waiting to see when his last game was going to be. Why not? I mean, it's logistically, it's. I guess you could have, you know, and have Paul O'Neill and everybody there. I mean, Paul O'Neill for, for that for, and I'm not. Le- for leave that it, guy, leave it. I think it would have been worth it. Yeah, maybe, but they did. They did Mariano Rivera Day later on. Yeah. I mean, they had Metallica in the outfield. Yeah, playing. that was that was pretty sweet, you know. And they, they had everybody come out and say nice things, and you know. So I mean, he got his day. So the what I wanted, to, and the reason this is such a great segue is I wanted to talk about baseball as far as being a romantic. Now, hmm. I'm not. You and I are both not big NFL guys. No, by any stretch of the imagination. No. I'm I'm a college football guy and a major league baseball through and through. I know football has, you know, growing up, you and I always had baseball called America's pastime. That's right. I don't know if we would, and I know a lot of people don't want to call it that because everybody loves football now more than baseball, which is fine. If that's what you want to do, that's that's great, and to each their own. But there's something so romantic about a father and son, his first game being a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say father and son. Whether it's father and son or father and daughter, whatever it is, yep. their first game being a baseball game, whether that's at Yankee Stadium, Fenway, Dodger Stadium, Petco, you know, name your stadium. 
I, I just there's something about and not even a big league stadium. We can talk about the Frisco Rough Riders. Sure. You know, which is a, one of the greatest family atmospheres. If, if you've yeah. never been to a double A game at Frisco, go. Yeah. Because they have an incredible atmosphere there. Yeah. Um, everything's affordable from tickets to drinks to parking to this, that, and the other. But I just I savor more moments of three and two, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. Here's the pitch. Yeah. There's more edge of your seats. I, I savor more of those moments than I do a last-minute field goal. Is there a lot of drama in a last-minute field goal? Sure. They, the kicker can be, they call it iced. But I just think the moment of that, that moment, that three and two, that big pitch, I talked about it earlier tonight with the, the Rangers and Yankees and the ALCS mm. um, several years ago. It was I mean, 2010, 2011, something like that. Getting called out and on a looking, called out looking. Yeah, and, it, but there, uh, and I told the story, and, I, and I'll tell the story that I, I told Neil in Paris, was there were about, 20, about 15, 20 of us sitting in this room. Out, it was actually away from a wedding reception, which is where we were. And it's the ninth inning. And it was just maybe two or three pitches before the end of the game. And a waitress or stewardess, whatever you want to call her, walks in and goes, hey, they're about to cut the cake. Do you guys want to come out? And all of us at once looked at it with that look as if to say, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and she looks at the floor and just kind of walks away. Yeah. And it, But getting to that moment, that last out, the two out, two strike, everybody on their feet. Yeah heart heart stopping moment i yeah. just think there's and the reason i bring up baseball and i'm going to ask you this because you and i are still diehard baseball fans yeah. we still love the game mm -hmm. but i think baseball has failed on so many levels throughout the years and i wonder if they didn't handle this covid situation the right if they lost even more ground mm. in how they handled because the nfl has allowed fans back the right. nba I, and I think they still, at the, the playoffs, I think they still allowed some people to be in, in attendance, if I remember correctly. But I think baseball starting their season and not allowing that 15 20%, I think they missed an opportunity, and I think fans will go even <sighs> further away from it. That's a tough one. That That's a tough one because, you know, you're not just – listen, you're not playing baseball in a silo, right? I mean, you're, you have how many teams nowadays, 30 teams? Something like that, yeah. Um, you know, with 30 different cities. Sure. You know, all with different degrees of, um, you know, how this COVID impacted that particular area. You know, you couldn't paint it with one brush. I mean, what, you know, the, the, there's so much involved with the unions and the owners. And, you know, so they're going to allow fans in Texas, but they're not going to allow fans in New York. But they're going to allow fans in Florida, but they're not going to allow fans in uh, Boston. So those owners are going to get an opportunity to make money where the Boston people are not going to get it. You know, th trust me, these deals were going on behind the scenes where they were trying to come up with, with some revenue sharing based on who's it's a mess. It, it, there was no way for no other way for baseball to do this. I think the only way I think the way they handled it was fine. I mean, this is an unprecedented time, right? I mean, I know that's cliche to say, but it's true. You know, they they were under pressure to start a season to present some type of product, right? Some put something on the field. You know, these guys are getting paid a lot of money to sit around and do nothing, so they need to put something out there. And I I, I don't see how they were gonna, you know, come to some sort of agreement. Uh, there's, a, there's too many moving parts. I just know. think the only difference between 
or the only thing that was missing from a normal, and it was it was not a normal season by any stretch of the imagination. There's been nothing normal about this year. But you're still flying, you're still going to hotels, you're still traveling from the hotel to right. the park. That's right. You're still warming up for games. Everything was the same in getting ready outside of you have to have a mask, you have to distance from people, you can't go out. Even though some players were you know. talking about Justin Turner, if you wanted the Dodgers, who was made headlines because of his stupidity. Idiot. Um, but what's the difference between everything they were doing and adding ten to fifteen percent of the fans? Because you can keep fans away from the players. You can say we're going to allow the ten to fifteen percent, but there's no autographs, no pictures, and that might have been hard for people to accept. Right. But I just don't see what the problem with that was. I'm willing to bet. It was the politics inside. You know, I, I guarantee you how you know the Steinbrenner family in New York complained that in Texas they're going to make money and in New York we're not being allowed to make money. It's it, it, something like that. Because if the owners had it their way, of course there were going to be fans there, you know, because they pay. Right? Think of all the money that was lost, mm-hmm. you know, in these stadiums. So I think that, you know, the only solution for, was for the commissioner to say, all right, no fans. We're going to play sixty games. I mean, look how long it took them to come with the the agreement to come to the agreement on sixty games. But what was what's the difference with the NFL? They were going to make it. They were they're probably the one sport that could go. We don't give a rat's. You know what? If we don't have fans, we're going to make money hand over fist because we got the biggest television contracts in history. Well, there's there's that, and also the NFL plays. You know how many did they play a full season? Sixteen games. Yeah. I don't know. I don't follow. I think they did. Right. So they played sixteen games as opposed to sixty. You know, so you're getting eight home games. There's a big difference. You know, and also the way the NFL handles things, it's it's you know, there's a big difference. It's apples and oranges, really. I mean, and I don't think every city had live fans. I don't think they had live fans at MetLife Stadium. I, th- I think right? some, yeah, I think some did, some didn't. Right. But again, they're the one sport that can go. Right. Yeah, we're fine having absolutely right. no fans because we're going to make money hand over fish but, regardless. Listen, the NFL is a is is a company, is a business. They can spit in the faces of the fans, and the fans would still come back saying, yeah, "Please spit more, yeah, spit more, cover true. me more." Yeah, you when know, you're paying seventy five dollars for I mean, parking at AT and T Stadium, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, you know what really people is. will pay for those tickets. But um, you know, I I, I mean, listen, I, I I think baseball did whatever they could do. I mean, listen, I was I was really happy to see baseball come back in July. Yeah, it was a distraction. It was entertaining. It was nice to start talking about the Yankees again. You know, it was it, it was something I think we really needed. But it brings up this other topic because what is the one? What is the biggest complaint about baseball that most people make? They don't run hard to first base anymore. Oh, that too. The two-minute clock in between pitches. What's the biggest complaint? The season uh, is too what? The season is too long. There it is. Well, that's somebody who just doesn't understand the game. Doesn't understand the game, but now that we've had a shortened season, now what's the argument become? Can we have? <sighs> but you know what's coming. Yeah. You know as well as I do that that argument's coming. I hope. Well, I hope it doesn't. And I hated this playoff format. I hated it. I hate the wild card. I hate it. Uh, I mean, I get it. There were too many. It's too many teams. You're devaluing the season. You know, so you just played a 60 game season, right? The Houston Astros went what? You know, 32 and or 28 and 32 or something. They had an under 500 record, and they all they came a game within making the World Series. And I hate the Dodgers. One, I I was so rooting for the Rays, and and. You know, you can say what you want about Kevin Cash making probably one of the more bone, absolutely boneheaded decisions. Well, was it was it boneheaded? It was. Well, Look at the, did you not hear what the Dodgers said after the game? Even even Mookie Betts going, okay. we had no shot. Okay, so 
Kevin Cash, right? So what the role of the Major League Baseball manager, right? Now listen, as a purist, and I am a, I am totally one of those guys that appreciates a Joe Torre type of manager, a, a Whitey Herzog. You're not an analyst. You know, guy. Tommy. No, <laughs> it is. It's ruined the game. So Moneyball is not your favorite movie. No, good book, good movie, good and very entertaining. Very movie. And uh, the Oakland A's almost were very successful. Yep. Right, almost, almost worked. And, and I'll tell you a quick story about that because I know I know you're wanting to finish the thought. That's right. Carrie and I were on a cruise ship when that movie came out, mm-hmm. or not when it came. I'm sorry, it came out on video, so it was playing on one of the movie channels that we had in our stateroom. And so we watched the movie. She enjoyed it. And at the end of the movie, when they get beat by the twins, she goes, and I kid you not, she goes, "They made a movie about something that didn't work," <laughs> and I just busted up <laughs> laughing, and I went, "Well." Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it did work, right? It I did mean, eventually. So they had a, they have seven million dollar payroll or whatever it was going up against the Yankees. You know, thirty million. The fact is, they were going up against the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, they were there. You know, so I mean, there's something to be said for it. But the thing with analytics, now, you know, now it, now that you brought that up, well, the Red Sox eventually won with the, with that theory. Too. Well, and and the the theory of cheating in the in the TV room. Oh, okay, but that's another right. story. Yeah. Anyway, so the thing with analytics, right? Over a long course of a season, you know, where you're managing a pitching staff and you're looking at numbers and you're saying, "No, we're not going to bunt. We're just giving out. An, we're giving an, an out away. We're not going to steal. We're giving an out away. We're just going to swing at every pitch and whatever the analytics say that works over the course of a long a long season, right? But when you get into a short series, you know, where you have three out of five, four out of seven, or when you're in a situation like Kevin Cash was in, where you gotta, you know, you gotta think, you gotta do something from the gut. You know, what's your gut saying to do? You know. Look at this guy. This guy's pitching, right? This guy was lights out. He was lights out. He was. Lights out. They couldn't touch him. Yeah. Why did Why did you take him out, right? He was only at 70 pitches. So Kevin Cash knows where he gets his paycheck from, right? He's one of these man. The role of the Major League Baseball manager these days, right, is just, I don't want to say puppet. I'm looking for something else. But uh, you, you there, there's write. a reason why the general manager makes more than the on-field manager. They call him the on-field manager. Yeah. Like, do you think Casey Stengel was called the on-field manager? You know, do you think Tommy Lasorda was called the on No. Oh, they were the manager because they were calling the shots. Yeah. You know, these general managers now, you know, they, they're calling it. And their team of, of geeks that have probably never thrown a baseball in their life are, are calling the shots based on the numbers and the OPS. and what, I don't even know what the OPS means. You know, I, I, they're the ones calling the shots. So Kevin Cash is saying, all right, if I leave him in and he gives up a home run, I'm fired because yeah. it was my decision. If I leave him, if I take him out because that's what the analytics say to do, I, hey, I just did my job. He was so, and, and you're right, to a certain degree, he was going to lose either way. He was going to lose, lose, lose. Well, well not, he's losing, so he's either going to lose to his bosses, one way, or he's going to lose in the court of public opinion. You know, so he lost to the court of public yeah, opinion. Public, the public's not going to fire him. Yeah. It, the, if his guy throws one wrong pitch and gets taken deep, it's why didn't you take him out? He did what most people, most of us do, right? We we armchair, shift, we shift liability, managers. right? We shift liability, right? I love the armchair that's, managers. That's what he did, and that's it. Just it sucks. It just destroys the game. You know, I'll never forget. I, I forget the year when you know, uh, uh, ninety six. I think it was ninety six. David Cohn was pitching, you know, into the ninth inning in a postseason game, and Joe Torre came out to take him out. He was ready to take him out, 
And David Cohn stared him down and said, absolutely not. You know, Joe Torre, they had this monumental stare down on the mound, you know, and Joe Torre left him in. And guess what? Cohn shut the door. Yankees win. Yeah. You know, it's just a gut, you know, that gut feeling in baseball is just gone because the, you know, it's all about, it's all about money and what each player is worth and rankings and analytics and it's destroyed the game. Is the, Will baseball ever get back to the place? And I think I can answer my own question because I, I pretty much know what it is. Will baseball ever get back to the point where it was? And this might be a completely stupid question. I'm going to ask it anyway because I want to <laughs> see what your answer is. It, it is. I know it is. Because There's the no stupid question. There, there is. And this is going to be one of them. All right. Will baseball ever get to the, the point where it was 20 years ago? Well, let's think about what was going on 20 years ago. So 20 years ago was a good year because the Yankees won the World Series, and they beat the Mets to do it, yeah, which is best, even makes best World Series money could buy. Uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. A win's a win. It was actually that World Series was actually the best World Series steroids could buy. Yeah, you know, because Yankees and the Mets. But, but uh, it, it, we could get into the steroid thing. And as as much as people want to complain about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, they brought the game back. Oh, there's oh, there's no doubt. Listen, I I didn't mind steroids. I could care less. You know, if you if you ask me, uh, you know, let guys take them in his money home runs as they possibly could. It's very entertaining, and it allows for more creativity and how to combat it. Look at what's happened to pitching since these guys have bulked up, right? Like pitchers never threw from five, six different arm angles before and thrown, you know, seven different sliders and all these different pitches and sign, you know, whatever the heck they're cutters and all these different, pi- you know, pitchers had to reinvent themselves to get these guys out. Right. So it's it's taken it's taken the game to a different level. Right. And just a, in a different direction. You know, it's it is what it is. Like, I mean, listen, everybody's going to everybody's always looking for a way to, you know, to get an edge. Let me ask you this final question. We'll go to our last break. We'll go yeah. to our last segment. And this is going to be yes or no questions. OK. Pete Rose Hall of Fame. Yes or no. Yes. Mark McGuire. Yes. Barry Bonds. Yes. That's what I that that's where I figured you were going to do. And the the point behind me asking, as much as people think that they cared that Barry Bonds was or wasn't cheating, it still to this day hasn't been proven. Say what you want, he was hitting home runs long before he bulked into two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, again, I don't care that he was on steroids because you know what, everybody in the game was doing something. Whether they were doing steroids, some kind of edge, you know, it was it was everybody was doing something. You know, or at least there were there were guys on the team in every team who was. I'm not saying every guy was doing something because Derek Jeter never touched anything. No, right? but it, had it been a Texas Ranger that was doing that, yeah. everybody in Texas would tell everybody to shut down and or sit down and shut up. <laughs> I, it, I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, no, no, not at all. I, I, it it depends on whose team they're playing for. Listen, well, it, it, who's in the spotlight more? I mean, Barry Bonds played in San Francisco. I mean, it's you know, it's he, and he was a, a loud mouth and a big mouth. So he got a lot of attention. You know, Mark McGuire got a lot of attention playing in Oakland, playing in St. Louis. You know, those are good baseball towns. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Derek Jeter plays in the Yankees, so he gets a lot of attention. You know, it's, yeah. It, but, I mean, listen, Barry Bonds hit 700, almost 800 home runs, right? Mm-hmm. It happened. And it was amazing to watch. It yep. was entertaining. The game of baseball embraced it at the time. The McGuire-Sosa race, you know, it was fun. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was it something really was. in our lifetime that we'll never see again. Yep. How do you not recognize that in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Pete Rose, nobody's ever going to break that hits record. It's not going to happen. 
How do you not? This guy, the way he played the game, it's never going to happen. I mean, this guy ended Steve Yeager's career in the All-Star game in 73. or I think it was 73. I could be wrong. Uh, off a year. Yeah. But, you know, this guy, you, you never, how do you not put that in the Hall of Fame? All right, so the guy was a scumbag. He, you know, he bet on he bet on baseball. But what he did in the game happened. Do you think the only reason those guys aren't in the Hall of Fame is because of Pete Rose? Because they know if they put Bonds and McGuire and Sosa in the Hall of Fame, they have to put. Pete <coughs> no, Rose, I mean it certainly it certainly opens a door. You know, it opens a discussion. You know, and makes you raise some eyebrows. But right, but you know what? Shame on some of these Hall of Famers that you know keep Pete Rose out or you know. The, uh, it's not guys, just the Hall of Famers; it's the sports writers too, and a lot and of them old school. Shame on them, you know, because. You know, you're telling me back in the day that these guys weren't throwing spitballs and, and, you know, roughing balls up with sandpaper and doing you know, corking bats and doing whatever they could do to get an edge. You know, there was an edge back in the game in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. Of course there were. You know, there was always people looking to get an edge, you know. On the other side of the break, we're going to do one more thing that might be political that you might disagree with. But in, <laughs> no in, in great... Uh, Kaufman and Neil fashion, we just don't care. We're going to hand it into <laughs> our very last segment. This is Kaufman and Crin on the Sutton Fields Radio Network. Welcome back to Kaufman and Crin on a Friday evening. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Kaufman and Crin show on the Sutton Fields Radio Network. We're going into our very final segment of the show. If you have uh, topics that you want to discuss, things that are close to your heart, Keep them to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Or if you have topics that you want to hear me um, discuss in a, in, a very thick New, in a very thick New York accent. You keep them to yourself. Keep, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. If there are things that, that are close <laughs> to your heart that you think we want to talk about, if there um, are things that uh, are going on in the world that uh, you want us to discuss because you care about our opinion for some yeah. reason. Well, who wouldn't? Wow. Humble much? We, really. we we already determined that. Yeah, we Humility did. is not a trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, very final segment of the show. Uh, you know, we talked about COVID in the last segment, and there has been so much in the world that has happened. Um, and the the one topic that everyone gets up in arms about and gets their panties in a bunch about outside of the political realm and presidential realm and who you're voting for, even though I could really give a crap who it is, um, is the the whole mask dilemma and, and hmm. there there is no more heated conversation outside of the political realm than this and maybe maybe the mask thing is political i don't know i don't think it is but i, I i've never in a million years let me take that back i never thought in a million years i would see people lose their ever loving minds based on what we wore in front of our mouth well, the issue is not the mask. The issue is being told to wear the mask. Okay, and it brings me to this. And here's the way I'm going to describe this. I don't know where you stand on this. I haven't asked you and I haven't had this conversation, so mm-hmm. this should be interesting. Mm-hmm. If I go, if I know, let me tell it like this. So my wife and I were supposed to go to Disney World at the end of April this year for our 10-year wedding anniversary. That was going to be our trip. Okay. That's when everything hit the fan, and that's when everything began to shut down, including Disney. We postponed the trip until November, and my wife did not want to wear a mask all day, which I understand. I talked to people who were at at Disney World in July and thought it was one of the most miserable experiences because it was 128 degrees. (laughs) Um, Because Florida is just unbearably humid. Um, So 
we decided to go to the Florida Keys instead. We leave a week from Sunday, and I can't wait. So, but I tell it like this. If I go to a certain business, like we were going to go to Disney World, I still would have gone. If Carrie would have been fine and dandy with the mask, I would have gone. And I would have known full well what my expectations being there was. It's the same as going to a restaurant or a grocery store. I know what my expect the expectations they expect of me. Right. It's their business. I'm walking into their business. I'm walking into their livelihood if it's a small business. What I don't understand is people walking into a business with the attitude of it's my personal freedom. I can do what I want. And the, and, and I'll tell it here's the other side that that I'll tell it perfectly like this. If if I invited you over to our house and said, you know what, we just cleaned the floors. Do you mind leaving your shoes? You're taking your shoes off when you walk in the front door. I have that rule. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. See, now I know. I haven't been inside your house, so I didn't I'm, know that. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. Are you? Okay. Yeah, well, that's I'm fine. Nuts. But I'm nuts. But here's the... Th- okay, so let's use your house for an example, since yeah. you are do that. I don't do that. I was just using an example. Yeah. So let's use your house as an example. Yeah. And I came to your house, and I said, Neil... I have personal freedom. I can do what I want. The The lack of respect yeah. that I would... Sh- I, I would think, if I know you well enough, that would be the end of our friendship. Like that. That would be probably the end of it. If I disrespected your home like that, you had every right to react the way you did. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I feel about walking into a restaurant or a shop or a small business or a grocery store. You know going there, you need to wear one. Period. That's, yeah. that's the expectation. Yep. You don't have to go. There's something called Instacart that you can do for your groceries. You don't have to go. Right. So what is this personal... I I don't understand. I I don't know. I don't understand either. You know, listen, you can't... All right, so it defies all logic. Uh, Let me give... Let me me read back up a little bit and give you my feeling on the masks. Right? So regardless of whether you... How you feel about COVID or, you know, you think it's a hoax, you think it's fake, you think it's overblown, you think the numbers are not being reported, whatever, it doesn't matter what you think. Logic should prevail, Right? If logic is if and then statements, right? So let's work it. If you wear a mask, it will redu- it's been proven to reduce the chances of, um, you know, of, of spewing out out of your mouth, right? It, it'll, it'll, it's been proven to, you know, to, to block a lot of the contaminants coming out of your mouth, right? So you're less chance of, of spreading COVID. So if you wear the mask, there's less of a chance you can spread COVID. There's also less of a chance of something getting in to you, right? Not 100% proof. If you don't wear the mask, there's more of a chance of you spreading COVID or it, it, you know, or you getting COVID. So the logic says, wear the freaking mask, you know, regardless of what you think, wouldn't you, why put your life at risk? Why put others at risk? Why wouldn't you just, just wear the mask? Well, and to be clear, on this about where I stand, and I don't, I don't care what anybody else's opinion is. No, no offense. No, it's no offense. I don't, I don't like wearing them. Well, who does? I, do, I it, but my point, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to people who don't believe in them. And if that's your feeling, that's fine. Sure. I'm not going to come and argue with you about it because there's just no point to it. We're not going to go anywhere. But I just think going to certain places where you know your expectation. The perfect example is where I work. They expect you when you go into when you walk into the building and you walk through the common areas right. that you need to wear a mask. Right. If I were to tell if I were to buck up and go, I got personal freedom, I don't have to they have every right to fire me. That's right. 
because their expectations of us. Right, so now, when you go to your desk, you you don't have to wear it. Right. But going through the common areas, your expectation. Right. So when you go to a shop, a restaurant, a grocery store, a small business, and they're asking you to wear a mask, right. I think it now goes into respect. Well, and also you have no personal freedoms when you walk into a private establishment, right? Personal freedoms are out in the public. You know, you you have to you have to go to the whatever the rules are of that establishment. So if you walk into Walmart and there's signs all over the place that say, "In order to shop here, you have to wear a mask," guess what? You either choose to wear the mask and go shop at Walmart or don't choose to wear the mask and shop somewhere else or use Instacart. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, I, I, I can't explain and I'll never understand why somebody, like you said, why somebody's going into a private establishment and causing a scene. What are you, what are you accomplishing? You're showing everybody, look at me, I'm, I don't, but the rules don't apply to me, you know. They're, they're not going to tell me to do what to do. I mean, you look like an idiot. <laughs> I was in... Uh, uh one of our favorite places become one of our uh, favorite sandwich places, uh, Jersey Mike's, and by God, it's a great place. Uh, it's it's the closest sandwich place to something you can get in the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah, yeah. it's it's terrific. But yeah. so I was in there getting because Carrie has become addicted to it. They're great. We, sandwich- we haven't talked food yet. That can be a no. Whole we other, haven't. That's going to be a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, but I so I'm in there waiting for a sandwich, and the guy and I don't know whether it was girlfriend or wife. And the guy's just, he's wearing it, but he's got it below his mouth. Yeah. And he's just making, you know, he's talking loud enough to the girl that he's with that he knows we can hear him. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, you're in there for all of about five or ten minutes. Would it kill you? Is it going to kill you to put it over your nose? Uh, but it's, it's not the fact that he didn't want to wear it. It's the fact <sighs> that he made a stink about it where everybody can hear it that we actually, he, why you think I care what your opinion is. Just, just you're in there for five or ten minutes. Not the end of the world. Because he wants everybody to know that I'm better than you. The rules don't apply to me. You guys are idiots for, for marching around like they, they, they. He wants you to know he's better than you, and the rules don't apply to him. And no one's taking him. You know, I, I can't explain it. It's you know, if if you came up with it, listen, if you came up with something in in America like you know, all right, you have to drive with only your left hand. You know, that's a new rule. You can only drive with your left hand. You're going to get people that are going to go, oh, I'm a right-hand driver. Oh, you know, that, that are going to want to scream and yell. There's no explaining it. You know, people just, for some reason, it's just, it's a way of thinking that I don't, you know, I don't get. I don't get it. You know, if, if, if this pandemic, let's say it is, let's say it's fake, right? Just for argument's sake. The media, everybody's telling you, this is real. Oh, my God, the sky's falling. You know, the world's going to come to an end. But in your mind, you go, "Mm, I think they're full of crap. But what if they're not? Are you willing to risk your life, your kid's life, your family's life, other people's lives? The lack of respect you're showing by wearing that mask under your nose or not wearing the mask at all. You're just, I don't get it. I don't get it. You're I, I, never going to convince me that that's acceptable. It, it's just like walking to a, you know, you walk into any place, whether it's Jersey Mike's, whether it's a racetrack, if you're going to get gas or you're getting whatever it is, you're picking up breakfast for the morning, you're picking up coffee or whatever the case may be, and they have a sign. It, it's just, to me, it's, you're in there for all of five or ten minutes. I just don't understand what, why there's such a no, big deal with it. And no, it's just, Todd, this whole thing sucks, right? Yeah, it does. Nobody likes to wear a mask. 
Nobody likes the politicizing that's going on. Nobody likes COVID. Nobody likes th- this whole thing. It's, it's terrible. It sucks. There's no other way to say it. But why? You know, but the, the unfortunate thing with this is it's brought out some of the worst in us. Yeah, and some of the worst, you know, yep. and, and, and quite honestly, it's, it doesn't have to, you know. Wear the mask, you know, you never know. But you it, don't know. But it's funny that you say what you just said because it takes us back to the and it it's funny we can come full circle on the podcast. Because it takes me back to what exactly we talked about on the very first segment. Yeah. The way that I look at the world, I shouldn't even say the world. The way that I view things in my world every day. When I say my world, it's my my home my wife, my daughter, and my son. The way that I view the world that is around us is I want to keep people in our life. And and please understand when I say this, hear me when I'm, and I'm not saying this to you, but hear me when I say this. We keep people in our lives. And when I say people, I didn't say Republicans and I didn't say Democrats. Sure. And I didn't say Christians. And I didn't, I keep people in our lives who want to be around our family who love and respect my wife and who love and respect my kids, who they love to be around you. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you feel about masks. And I'm not going to argue with you. Why? And what's what's so great about this neighborhood and what we have found here, and I, I don't know what you're, I know that you live on one of the coolest streets in this neighborhood. The, the, cool, the coolest street. The coolest street. Yeah. Um, is what kind of family has been built here. Sure. Now, my parents, my mom lives in San Diego still. My dad's in Fresno. Um, I've got an uncle and aunt in Rockwell, but I or in the Rockwell area. I don't see them hardly at all. Um, cousin down in Austin, his wife, but again, we don't see them, but maybe once every three, four years. So the family that we have is so rare within this neighborhood that to push somebody away based on their political leaning... Of course. It would be a travesty for me to act like because you don't believe the way that I do, you can't be around my family. What, what am I teaching my kids then? If I'm acting like that, that I can't treat you like a human being that we can't sit and have an honest conversation. You and I know each other well enough to say, to disagree, but still to sit and have a conversation. one on one. You and I are going to disagree on certain things, but at least at the end of it, we're like, okay, we disagree. Let's move on. Right. But I don't understand how we have lost the art of conversation, how right. we've lost the art of sitting one-on-one and understanding somebody's heart behind a certain topic. I don't understand it either. You know, it's, it feels like we've lost the, the ability to just take a step back and have rational thought, right? You know, it, it's and to think something out before suddenly painting somebody one color or another color or one brush or you know, or labeling somebody. We just we're putting labels on people. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I don't want to. I don't want to wear a mask. Well, you're a dumb Republican conservative, and you love Trump. Uh, no, I don't love Trump. I just don't want to wear a mask. You know, it's you never you never know. You know, and, and I have to bring it back to the media and a lot of what's been what's in our face, right? This Facebook blasting. You know, all these different ads and all these different things we're seeing and exposed to that are just making us crazy, you know, and it's bringing out some of the worst in people. You know, people that were already crazy, <laughs> it's bringing out the worst. But don't you think we live in a society in a world that loves to be angry, that loves to be upset about one thing or another? It's human nature, right? 
It's it's we you know people yeah pe- listen. I don't think it's human nature, but I we're, understand we're, what you're saying. Yeah, that. we're we're all listen. We're always looking to tell some type of story or have something to, uh, you know. It's it I don't know how to put it right. You know, we're always looking for. You know, there's a reason why the nightly news always talks about negative, right? You know, that's that's just it. It it great gives you something to talk about. It just gives you something to complain about. Like we're always there's always something that we just cert- that need to have to to talk to have a conversation piece whatever it is i don't know you know but you know i i think that this whole um you know the the, the state of affairs these days has just i don't know it's just it's brought up some of the worst of people but at the end of the day are those people really bad people i i, I don't know you know it's it's um Again, it's it's unprecedented times right now, and it's you know we're. I think some people just don't know how to react. Like we, you know, I, I don't know. It's unpre- I don't know the answer. It's unprecedented times, Neil. But don't you think that we need each other more now than we've ever? Needed? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, you're right. Just because somebody's going to vote a certain way, just because somebody's going to, you know, the mask thing. I, I, you know, I I think it tells a lot about a person if they refuse to wear a mask in a private establishment, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a character issue right there. Um, but as far as your political views or, um, you know, having heated discussion about anything, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people, you know, and, and we all have the ability to love each other and, and party with each other and, and eat and drink and be merry. Right. And I think, I think, um, you know, like you said, we have the ability to disagree and then come around and just be buddies, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter uh, which way you're going to vote. You know, we're all we're all there's a commonality, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm so grateful for what we have. I don't here. Know, that makes sense. Or am I just gibberishing? Gib- I, I was listening to most of it. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, You know, it's it's such a gray area of topics, you know, and we just, we just don't know. I mean, the bottom line is this, you know, can't we just all take a step back, take a deep breath and just, you know, just chill out. It's not that bad. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll say about it. You say to stay, to take a step back. And I I think you're right. I, I think to a certain degree, we do need to take a step back But at the end of the day, we have choices on what we view, whether that's view or listen to, whether that's in the media, newspaper, radio, whatever the case, social media, whatever the case may be, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. But what what I think we need to get to a point of is not is taking a step back. I agree. But also to get back to understanding and loving people where they're at. And I know that's that's so cliche and so easy to say, and I and I get it. But if you stop and, and wonder how, or, or really think about how important a political conversation is in the grand scheme of things, right? It's not. If you sit, if you right. if you take a step back, as you say, and you you start to think about how important the conversation about it or argument is about a mask, one way or the other. Right. If you take a step back and realize that those two things are so small. In the grand scheme of what we're going through day to day, this would be, this would be such a different, 
discussion. Right. Then that's a that's a good way of, of closing it up, and, and that's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, I I always listen. I always give the example of September 11th, right? You know, being being oh, in good. New, yep. being in New York City, uh, you know, being close to it that day. Um, you know, I could tell you on that day, it didn't matter who you were, what color you are, where you were from, whether you were legal or illegal. It didn't, you know, it didn't matter who you were voting for. Everybody was human on that day. But what was the one sport that made it so that brought, the, and I'll never forget the moment. It was, it was MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. It was the Met, and I forget who the Mets were playing. Are you talking about day. Shea Stadium? Shea Stadium. Yeah. Sorry. I don't remember the Mets. I remember the Mike Piazza home run. Yeah, and that's what everybody remembered. And that yeah. was when I, I sorry, I, I happen to remember the Yankees uh, playoff run a little yeah. bit better than the yeah. Mets. But it was that it was it was <laughs> baseball coming back just after yeah. 9/11 yeah. saying we need to get back to to normal life, but I think that is such a good way I think that's and it's unfortunate that it took that. Why does it always take that kind of event? And that kind of tragedy to bring people together, and 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 that's what I just don't listen. We all we listen. We all create a reality for ourselves, right? And um, we live within that reality, right? Whatever your situation is, your family situation, your personal, your work situation, you create a world for yourself, and you live within that world and try to find happiness, right? Until something happens outside of that world, you know you're. You're stuck in there. So when this, you know, when those that plane went into the buildings, and it happened right here in our country, you know, and it struck a nerve, you know, that that sh- that was a huge event, you know, that hit here at home, you know, it it allowed it forced us to look beyond our world and look into the common, you know, the commonality, the the world that we live in, and join together and say, hey, holy crap, what the heck just happened, you know, USA, USA, that's you know, there was all that, you know, that's. That's that's why. I mean, you know, we, we live in our little worlds, and sometimes we don't, you know, it takes something to shake us, shake us loose, you know. But but I could tell you, you know, and I, I had to look this up. I'm I'm embarrassed to say, but you know, I I was at uh, Game Two of the World Series in 2001, right? When uh, it wasn't the game President Bush threw out the first pitch. That was Game One. I missed it. But the next night, uh, Lee Greenwood came out and sang "Proud to Be an American." Mm-hmm. Right, and and I'll tell you, there was fifty-seven thousand people in that stadium, and it was probably one of the most emotional and emotional moments of my life. I mean, the, the, not a dry eye, a dry eye in the in the place. I mean, it didn't matter if you were a Yankee fan, didn't matter if you were an Arizona Diamondback fan, if you were a Red Sox fan, it didn't matter what color you were, where you were from, it didn't matter. You know, we all, it was just a very emotional moment that I got to share with all those people in that stadium. You know, and that's, um, you know, I, I just, it, it's hard to believe we've come so far from that, you know. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do. Is it going to take another tragedy to bring us back together? God, Is it going to take an alien invasion to come down and say, <laughs> hey, you're all slaves? You know, I mean, what is it going to take for us to just realize we're all the same, we're all equal, right? It's, Unless you're a Boston Red Sox fan, <laughs> then you're not equal. I'm so glad we can end on a laugh because I didn't want to end the, the <coughs> on that kind of a note. But um, I, I think, you know, there are a lot of topics that we can talk about. And it's, you know, I was telling Neil before the show that I used to do a lot of sports radio stuff. It was actually seven years ago today that I sat down and did a sports radio show. And, 
Derek Holland was a part of that. If you remember Derek as being a former Texas Rangers pitcher, uh, probably one of the more polarizing players outside of Josh Hamilton because of his happy-go-lucky attitude and, and, and look. There wasn't one a, a nicer guy than, than Derek, and, and he loved the game, and he played that way, and his attitude was that way, but people hated it because he apparently didn't take the game seriously. And that... And it's just it's it was sad to watch him take that downhill turn because that was who Derek was, and, and probably still how Derek is. There wasn't a more enjoyable moment that we had with Derek that day. I, I remember it very clearly. He's wearing a Michigan football jersey because he is a Michigan Wolverine fan, true and true. Loves to talk crap about Ohio State Buckeyes. It's just he loved the rivalry. But I just wish that we would get back to a point to enjoy, to let people enjoy what they enjoy, love what they love, and allow that to be okay. And if you see something on social media, as I'm making this gesture, yeah. which means just scroll right past it. That's you don't right. need to respond. Some people like Van Halen. Some people don't like Van Halen. It's, Van Halen you know, sucks. Oh, now, now we're going to fight. <laughs> now we're going to fight. You do a whole show on Van Halen. I'm just kidding. Uh, I appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, this has been a, a fun debut show to do. Uh, we're going to try to do this once a month. I know it might be tough leading into uh, the holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas just around the corner. It's like I'm, I'm Jewish. I don't really care about Christmas. Yeah, I'm free. Well. I'm free. <laughs> Santa, okay, Santa doesn't come to my house. He doesn't come to your house anyway. He doesn't like you. <laughs> I don't know why. I leave him cookies. We had one of Santa's helpers out earlier today on <laughs> Sunfield's Trail. and don't know what happened to him. Um, anyway, again, I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you tuning in. You can find the podcast. Uh, I usually upload it on a app called Anchor, but it's uh, it then disperses out to Spotify, Overcast. Uh, I think it's Overcast, and there's a couple different uh, uh, locations where you can find it. But if you have Spotify on your phone, you can find it there. Um, this is something we're going to try to do once a month leading into the holidays, and then we'll head into January. We'll try to make this a regular thing once a month, and if it's something that we're getting a lot of feedback on, uh, maybe we can make it more than that depending upon our, our schedules because I know you're probably going to be traveling next year. I'm probably going to be traveling next year. Hopefully. Yeah. If I, 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 I got to keep working at home, I'm going <laughs> to jump out the window. I actually miss working at home, but I, mm. I miss traveling too. I miss the mm. – I the only thing I miss about traveling is the, the plane ride because it's two or three hours of just me. No cell phone, no work, no email. Oh, you're lucky. Me they, in a movie. They make us get internet accounts, and we oh, have to we have to work on the plane. Nope. Nope. Give me those three hours of absolute silence yeah. and solace, and I'm good. Yep. But um, anyway, so we'll we'll see when we can do this. We're going to try for once a month. If we get a lot more response and you guys want us to do this show more than that for whatever reason, we will do the best we can. For uh, Todd Kaufman, for Neil Crin, yep. have a great Friday evening, everyone. And as my daughter says, be kind, be focused, be great. We'll catch you on the flip side, everybody. So long.